That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Thursday, June 22nd, 2023. It's about three o'clock in the afternoon here on the East Coast of the United States. Larry Johnson will be with us in a minute to talk about the ethics and the culture of spying. My column today, No Warrant, No Problem, catalogs again what the intelligence community is doing to violate federal law and to violate uh, the Constitution in order to get your personal data. And of course, we'll also talk about Ukraine and this absolute blunder of President uh, Biden's uh, regarding China. All of that right after this. When it comes to carrying valuables or even firearms in your vehicle, most people feel they have to choose between safety and convenience. A vehicle break-in occurs every 36 seconds in America. The Headrest Safe gives you the power to store cash, jewelry, medication, and yes, even your concealed carry firearm. You'll never have to worry about taking your valuables with you again. Keep them safe with the Headrest Safe. Use promo code JUDGENAP and enjoy $50 off for a limited time at theheadrestsafe.com. Larry Johnson joins us now. Larry, thank you very much. Always a pleasure, of course. Good job. Uh, when, when you were in the intelligence community, I don't think there was a DNI, a director of national intelligence, a human no. being who purports to be in charge of the whole intelligence community. So let's do a little bit of background before we talk about warrantless spying. How many human beings are in the intelligence community? How many agencies are there? And what does the DNI do? Is she really the boss or is she and happens to be a woman under Joe Biden? Or is she just nominally the boss or is she just a PR person? Well, let's start with who actually collects intelligence. Okay. Uh, we, we hear that there are 17 intelligence agencies. N- no, not, not collectors. Um, most of those 17 are consumers. So the collectors are CIA is a collector. That means they go out and get human source information. They do some signal intercept, intercepted communications. National Security Agency, it does, it's, it's like an electronic vacuum sweeper. Sweeps up information, emails, telephone calls, anything that's sent electronically, it sweep, sweeps up. Uh, D- DIA, Defense Intelligence Agency, they have military attaches overseas, and there are some elements within the military that operate like CIA non-official cover officers. So they are, they're, uh, it's a black compartmented organization. Uh, then you, you have uh, the, the, let's call it the overhead satellite collectors. Uh, 
the NRO, National Reconnaissance Office. So when you when you and, and then State Department, the messages that come through State Department diplomats. So when you you it's about six different agencies really that collect intelligence. The others. Department of Energy and uh, like Department of the Army, they're consumers. They take what these others have gathered. The real change that's taken place in, in our lifetime is what is the, the, the combination of computers, Internet, social media. Uh, it has dramatically changed both the, the content, quality and volume of information available. It's really remarkable. It used to be. You could send somebody overseas, just give them a new passport, a new identity, and voila, they can get into the country and nobody would know the difference. Now you got facial recognition software and, and, and just by, by virtue of being able to detect the iris. So the ability of people to travel under a false name has become more difficult, not easier. Uh, at the same time, and as you correctly noted in your recent article, that this growth of, of information that's out there on social media means that it is easier for, for private organizations and for government to intrude in your private lives. The privacy really doesn't exist anymore if you're going to carry a cell phone or a credit card. Okay. DNI, uh, the Director of National Intelligence. Real power, real <laughs> director, PR person, the real boss. What, what does she uh, do? No, no, no real power. It is. This was set up in the aftermath of the 9-11 attacks. Um, you know, the <clears throat> as Washington is wont to do, uh, if, if you have an intelligence failure, then what you need to do is create more bureaucracy. Right. The DNI is just another layer of bureaucracy because it used to be the head of the intelligence community was the head of Central Intelligence Agency. By definition, Central intelligence agency. But there was <clears throat> a lot of resentment from uh, the Pentagon and from the FBI and from National Security Agency. They didn't like being subservient to the CIA. So what has happened, the DNI is now supposed to coordinate all of that. So the activities like the preparation of the presidential daily brief, which used to be handled on the seventh floor uh, at CIA headquarters and briefed by people like uh, Ray McGovern, those individuals now work for the Directorate of National Intelligence. They're in a different building. Why on earth would she have uh, revealed to the Senate, as she did last week, and this is the trigger for my uh, article, uh, no warrant, no, no warrants, no problem, that the uh, intelligence community has been purchasing from private data collectors that which they constitutionally cannot acquire by subpoena or search warrant. Example, we want to know where um, Larry Johnson was on June 21st, 2023, or June 21st, 2019. Uh, they find out, they go to motor vehicles, get the registration of your car, see who the manufacturer was, and can get the manufacturer of the car to download the contents of the computer chip in your car to show where your car was. Or... It might just be easier for them to know that your cell phone is with you. Chris, the dog's a little excited here. Uh, <laughs> that your cell phone is uh, usually with you. Yeah. They'll just download the computer chip in the cell phone all from, from the uh, service provider. All of this doing indirectly 
what the Constitution, the Fourth Amendment, expressly prohibits them from doing directly. If the Fourth Amendment was written for any reason, it was written to bar general warrants, putting out a fishnet to see what comes back. Yeah, no, I mean, that's this is why Edward Snowden did what he did uh, 10, 11 years ago, uh, because he was seeing those kinds of abuses and the way that the government people working in the intelligence community could actually pry into people, the lives of other Americans. In theory, this was all supposed to be directed at foreigners. Correct. But uh, it's now this the technology does not know geographic boundaries. That's that's part of the problem with this. So so the director of DNI, Avril Haines, sent a report to the Senate uh, revealing that they are purchasing this data from General Motors, Verizon. I don't know that she used these these names, but the collectors of information about where we go and how we communicate. Why would she, in your view, have even revealed that? People like you and I, you from your extraordinary knowledge of it, me from my study and observation of it, particularly in my years uh, at Fox, know this, but the general public doesn't know it. I don't know what Congress knows. Why would she have revealed it? Uh, I I think it was just uh, in a way to protect herself to make sure that she was not accused of withholding that uh, because it's the, the kind of purchase that it involves. It is not necessarily going to be classified. The, the real difference here between, you know, the intelligence community can get just about any kind of information at once in theory about foreigners. It is not supposed to be collecting and holding information on uh, American citizens. And, that's what's so interesting about this revelation from John Durham the other day uh, that the CIA who, who deals with human sources, some human source came to them to tell them about Hillary Clinton, domestic person collecting and creating an intelligence operation against Donald Trump, a domestic U S citizen. So this is what you got to step back and go, what in the world is the CIA doing right. with that kind of information? And why is it, you know, the, I, I'm glad he passed it on, but it, it really gets to the, the heart of the matter. That's not what CIA, CIA is not there to collect information on domestic political operations. All right. So all, all of this uh, happens in the following uh, political context. Section 702 of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, which enables uh, the intelligence community to spy on foreigners, either physically in the U.S. or digitally in the U.S., without search warrants, obviously implicates the communications between foreign persons and Americans with whom they speak. Correct. Could be me talking to my cousins in Florence or a bookseller in London or it could be my next door neighbor talking to a terrorist in the Middle East, whatever it is, when they capture that. And of course, we know they go to various degrees. So if it's me talking to my bookseller and then I talk to you, they're going to listen to you. And then you talk to your next door neighbor. They're going to listen to your next door neighbor. It's the way um, that's the way they operate. But when they have indirectly, inadvertently or knowingly captured the communications of Americans, that gets stored in the database. 
The FBI has access to that database only with a search warrant issued by a judge based on probable cause. Correct. Two weeks ago, the FBI revealed that in 2022, last year, it inadvertently, air quotes, (laughs) accessed the database for 278,000 Americans illegally and unconstitutionally. And they still want this Section 702, which expires in six months, to be uh, reinstated uh, by Congress. So that's the political context in which these revelations come about. The other point I have to make uh, to you, and you're the expert on this, not I, the uh, National Security Act of 1947, signed by President Truman, something he would regret before he uh, died because of what the CIA became, um, expressly, expressly prohibits the CIA from doing two things, being involved in domestic law enforcement and spying on Americans in America. Right. Question, is the CIA involved in domestic law enforcement and does the CIA spy on Americans in America? Uh, indirectly, on the domestic law enforcement, we know that there were CIA personnel that were assigned to the Joint Terrorism Task Force in places like New York City in order to facilitate the flow of information. So, uh, you know, seemingly an innocuous uh, relationship. Um, but uh, this, this line about not spying on American citizens, that's been erased. It's been crossed repeatedly. And, um, and again, the, the, the basic illustration is here's Brennan reporting on uh, activities of Hillary Clinton uh, vis-a-vis uh, uh, Donald Trump. Right. Right. It's not in my opinion. There, there, there's a clear fact. Correct. And no, nobody could, no, no, no rational person could dispute that. That's all uh, well documented. You and I have talked about it at length. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, a little bit more about the culture of spying and the culture of lawlessness among spies, like what you just told about. The Jack Brennan, uh, of whom you just spoke at the time, was the director of the CIA when he just... Right acted as if it was normal for the CIA to be spying on Donald Trump. And we'll talk about the CIA engaging uh, its overseas colleagues to spy uh, on Americans as well. And more uh, on the latest on Ukraine with Larry. We'll play a tape for you of President Zelensky warning the world that Vladimir Putin is about to unleash nuclear forces. Not him, not his own people, but President Putin. All of that right after this. You want to feel safe in your vehicle, and for you, that means easy, rapid access to your firearm. But safety also means your items don't fall into the wrong hands. You don't have to choose between safety and convenience. The Headrest Safe keeps your firearm where you can access it, and no one else can. Just order your Headrest Safe, install it yourself when it arrives, and enjoy peace of mind. It starts at theheadrestsafe.com. Do America's domestic spies, whether NSA authorized by statute or CIA prohibited by statute, give a damn about the Fourth Amendment? Uh, Some do. But what you're pointing out is it's all dependent upon leadership. And we have seen a a real deterioration in the quality of leadership at CIA really over the last 30 years. They've become much more highly politicized. 
Um, and I'm not even sure there was a golden era at the CIA. Uh, even back under President Kennedy, there were times where the agency did not properly brief him. But ultimately, the abuses that the agency and the CIA has been engaged in have been done with the consent and or encouragement of the political leadership. This notion of the CIA as a rogue elephant off acting on its own, regardless of what the president wants, is a bit of a myth. But we did see that the CIA under Donald Trump was deliberately involved with helping try to sabotage his presidency. So this this was, if you will, an across-the-board coup in both the intelligence and, and military side of the House. Has CIA ever uh, asked its foreign counterparts like MI6, the British uh, intelligence, to spy on Americans for it in behalf of CIA? I, I've not seen any document like that, but I certainly I have heard, you know, hearsay that that has happened. And particularly when we look at the, the intelligence operation that was run against Donald Trump, MI6 played a heavy role in that, as did the British version of the National Security Agency. They were, how else would they have known about George Papadopoulos trying to get a job with the Trump campaign? Well, he was calling from London in August of 2015, uh, back to Corey Lewandowski. Those conversations were intercepted and then they were passed to U.S. intelligence and found their way into this, uh, let's call it this FBI database. The, um, uh, the British uh, entity to which you refer is known by its initials, GCHQ. General Communications Headquarters. And it, would it not be unlawful for GCHQ to spy on Americans in America? Oh, sure. I mean, we're foreigners. <laughs> so they can, they can spy on us to their heart's content. And here's, here's the dirty secret. They then, they're co-located in, in, in the UK with uh, the National Security Agency. So you've got U.S. personnel side by side with these British personnel. The British collect it, and then they can pass it to the Americans as foreign intelligence, and the Americans go, oh, jolly, golly, gee whiz, we just got this from this foreign government, even though it's about American citizens. And then Would they there not be qualms on the part of NSA or CIA or even the intelligence division uh, of the FBI about the types of things I talked about uh, in my column this morning, which would be the actual purchase, literally yeah. knocking on the door of General Motors wanting to purchase the contents in my hypothetical, of course, uh, of the computer chip uh, in your uh, motor vehicle or knocking on the door of uh, Chase Manhattan Bank wanting to know what checks you wrote or knocking on the door of uh, Verizon wanting to know how many times you called me. Would there not be qualms about that? On the part of uh, intelligence agents? Uh, among some, you know, some with a conscience. But for others, it's just, hey, the, the, the resource exists, grab it and use it. Makes it far easier. So uh, I want to switch, um, switch gears to um, a piece you wrote recently 
uh, about President uh, Biden's absurd uh, statement at a fundraiser in California. But before we do that, uh, we'll run uh, a clip. It's short. It's only about 20 seconds of Secretary of State uh, Antony Blinken uh, at the end of his 36 hours uh, in Beijing. 15 minutes of those 36 hours, not on tape, were spent with President Xi lecturing him on the proper uh, diplomacy. And at the end of that lecture, he made the following statement. We do not support Taiwan independence. We remain opposed to any unilateral changes to the status quo by either side. We continue to expect the peaceful resolution of cross-strait differences. We remain committed to meeting our responsibilities under the Taiwan Relations Act, including making sure that Taiwan has the ability to defend itself. So I don't know if he was back in the U.S. or somewhere between Beijing and Los Angeles when the president in Los Angeles at a fundraiser referred to President Xi, the president of China, as a dictator. Right. That was a private fundraiser, but obviously the word got out. That's a, a monumental faux pas. What are your thoughts? Did Tony Blinken's trip do any good? Did Joe Biden totally undo what Tony Blinken attempted to accomplish? Are we better off vis-a-vis the Chinese now than we were a week ago, or are we significantly worse off? Yeah, Biden blew up Blinken's trip. Say that fast three times. Um, the uh, There were elements in the Chinese government that advocated to let Blinken come to make his plea to genuflect, to bow. And, and what's really odd about this is Blinken was simply restating what has been U.S. policy for 51 years since Richard Nixon and Henry Kissinger put it into place, the one China policy, which all along we said we do not recognize Taiwan as an independent country and that it's part of China. Yet in the United States, as you know, the, act, the exact opposite message is sent, and most, most Americans would believe that we're fighting on behalf of the Taiwanese to free them. So Here's Blinken. He makes all these assurances. Oh, yeah, you know, we're going to try to uh, live up to this now. We're not going to take steps uh, like we're putting U.S. military trainers in Taiwan. And then Biden turns around and calls uh, Xi a dictator. Now, a lot of Americans will say, well, what's wrong with that? That's what we believe. Well, we're not. It doesn't matter what we believe. It matters what the Chinese believe. And from the Chinese standpoint, those who advise Xi Jinping don't let this blinking character in. The Americans can't be trusted. They're now walking around. They've been vindicated. And those right. who advocated for Blinken, they've, they're, they're eating a lot of crow. They've been humiliated. And humiliation within the Chinese culture, it's losing significant face. Do so, you think that the uh, Chinese leadership thinks that uh, President Biden said that intentionally? Or do you think that they think he is uh, mentally challenged? They think he said it intentionally. And, and to add sort of rub salt in the wounds, they thought they, they had bought him off, that they had bought a commodity with the, with the previous uh, money deals. And they recognize he is a man completely without honor. Not only is he subject to, to bribes, but uh, he doesn't even honor his word. Uh, what, what, uh, what really terrifies me is we are headed towards a war with China. And this, what, what Biden said is pushing us closer to that, not moving us farther away.
All right. Before we go to Ukraine, I, I have to explore what you just said. When you say we are headed for a war with China, you mean China will demand some sort of uh, a public reunification uh, with Taiwan. Taiwan will refuse. China will threaten force. Taiwan will resist. China will use force. And Joe Biden says, I don't know how he's going to do this. Somehow we're going to send troops and planes and, and, and naval vessels to Taiwan to resist the Chinese recapturing their own territory. Well, I, I think it's going to come about more because we will continue to do some aggressive military moves in and around Taiwan. And China, one of these days, will shoot one of our aircraft down or they'll sink one of our ships. They're going to be very firm and tough about identifying just in the same way that we shot down a balloon floating over our territory. They're going to do, they will do something equivalent, but it may involve an actual uh, aircraft or ship that has living beings on it. Uh, so there, there, there's that as a real possibility. And you, you see that the recommendations from the policy community in Washington, the China experts, is that we need to build up our military deterrence to counter the Chinese. And the Chinese are watching that. All they see is that the United States already has U.S. troops in Taiwan providing training, and they're going to put a stop to that. Can we possibly deliver to Taiwan over um, a Chinese naval blockade, the naval, air, and uh, ground troops and equipment needed to defend Taiwan? Uh, not really, but I don't think, I don't see China as needing to actually attack Taiwan. They're not going to risk a military confrontation like that when they're going to be able, I think, to accomplish their goals politically. Uh, there is evidence of growing support in Taiwan for reunification with mainland China. And I'm sure that the Chinese intelligence officers, they'll be working to exploit that uh, very actively in the coming, coming months. Last uh, subject, I want to run for you a clip that uh, President uh, Zelensky made to the nation, and if you listen to him, to the world, uh, just uh, yesterday, and it it has to do with a warning uh, that the Russians are, are going to blow up uh, the Ukraine uh, nuclear facility. Of course, that may very well be a prelude to the false flag that a lot of people think President Zelensky himself is planning. Uh, it's in uh, Ukrainian. Uh, I'll read uh, the subtitles for the benefit of our uh, friends who are listening to this on audio. Okay. Now, concerning Varishna, I remind those who have uh, forgotten the nuclear power plant. Everyone in the world, the IAEA, all countries, all leaders know what's happening there. Russia uses the nuclear power plant as an element in its aggression. It occupies the plant. It uses it to cover the shelling of neighboring cities. It keeps weapons and troops there. Now our intelligence has received information that Russia is considering a scenario of a terrorist attack at the nuclear power plant, a terrorist attack with radiation leakage. They have prepared everything for this. Unfortunately, I've repeatedly had to remind that radiation has no state borders. 
and who it will hit is determined only by the wind direction. We shall share all available information with our partners, with everyone in the world, all the evidence, Europe, America, China, Brazil, India, the Arab world, Africa, all countries, absolutely everyone should know this. International organizations, absolutely everyone. There should never be any terrorist threat on a nuclear power plant anywhere. This time it could not be like with Kutkova. The world has been warned, so the world can and must act. Glory to Ukraine. Now, why would he be saying that, Larry? Uh, he's desperate because he's getting his butt kicked in their uh, failed counteroffensive. And they're trying to come up with something that will uh, bring NATO into the battle. Um, it, it's, it's ridiculous that Russia would blow up Zaporizhia. Why would it need to blow it up? It's there. It occupies it. But the only the, the, there is absolutely no rational reason in the world for them to do that coupled with the fact that they're winning on the ground in terms of grinding up the Ukrainian military and destroying vast amounts of Western-supplied tanks and armored personnel carriers and, uh, and uh, artillery pieces. Would, um, would the Ukrainians consider a false flag on their own nuclear uh, plant in oh, an effort to absolutely. arouse NATO to send troops? Absolutely. In the same way that they did with the, uh, blowing up the, band, uh, the, the dam at Kharkovka. So they, um, you know, that really worked. Uh, that hurt the Russians more than it hurt the Ukrainians. And yet you know, Ukraine, that, that's why they did it. It is not Russia has zero interest in destroying that kind of infrastructure. If, if destroying infrastructure was the plan, they could have started on that uh, 15 months ago when they started the special military operation. They have the cruise missiles. They have the large land-based missile systems. They could have taken out every bridge crossing the Dnieper River, but they haven't. Uh, and part of it is they've limited their strikes on civilian infrastructure to the best extent they could. And frankly, we've got a video piece of evidence after video piece of evidence of the Ukrainians always occupying hospitals, uh, elementary schools, etc., with military forces. They keep accusing the Russians of what they themselves are doing. It's, uh, it's very much like uh, the Democrats accuse Trump of everything that they're doing. Uh, we see very similar parallels. Larry Johnson, always a pleasure, my dear friend. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. If you like what you saw, like, subscribe, share with a friend. More as we get it, Judge Napolitano for Judging Freedom. You want to feel safe in your vehicle with access to your firearm that's both secure and convenient. The Headrest Safe keeps your firearm where you can access it and no one else can. It starts at theheadrestsafe.com.